Welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia. And today we're going to be joined by our, us- our usual suspects. We're going to be joined by our close friends, Jonas Clark and Benjamin Bornstein of Project Spurs. Gentlemen, we are actually going to be talking about, yes, dare, dare I say this, we're not in fantasy land. We're not stuck somewhere in a, you know, a movie like a Twilight Zone or you know any of those bizarre worlds. This is us talking about a Spurs win. Can you believe that? I said that a Spurs win. How does that sound to you, Ben? Uh, unfamiliar is how it sounds to me, but also pretty great. Right? You're confused. You don't know how to feel, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm stuck in the glass case of emotions. Right? I think we all are. I don't know what to do with my hands. (laughs) Jonas, how are you feeling about this? We're talking about a Spurs win. The Spurs won against the Los Angeles Clippers. How are you feeling about that? Well, I... I think that more than just a win, Joe, um, I didn't get to watch it live last night. I had other things going on, so I, I DVR'd it. I watched it this morning, and I, I said earlier, hands down, the most complete game of basketball, best all-around game we've seen all year, arguably over anything we saw last year because the defense was there. They handled a very talented roster really well. And, dude, we could hit three balls. Did you guys know that the the three exists in basketball and we're allowed to take those shots? It was great. (laughs) It was great. And we saw that DeMar DeRozan is capable of knocking down a three here and there. You know, he knocked down one. I'd like to see him try at least once a game, at least twice a game. If you're open and you got a three-point attempt, take it, bud. We could use that productivity out of you. You know, I, I like that. He made he took the attempt to make the one three and he he sunk it. That kind of helped the, the Spurs team get energized a little bit. It got the guys excited. They're like, oh, I'm gonna say it. They were like, oh shit, Demar Demar hit a three. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's gonna be you that kind of night. Defense honest. Yeah, exactly. If he, I it, lost it when I saw it. it yeah, awesome. you know, like if he if he was able to hit a three consistently. And that's he hasn't been able to do that all season. You know, I'd like to see him bring that more bring, you know, that or to the career. Plate. Yeah. You know, I mean, he kind of helps spread the the opposing team's defense a little bit more, you know, and it, it gives him another added weapon, you know, to his arsenal. So he's just not so one dimensional because when teams are, are elite defenses are trying to scheme against him, uh, the elite defense knows that he's not going to usually shoot a three. So it kind of, you know, makes him a one-trick pony. But if he was able to do this a little bit more consistently, that could, you know, uh, make him elevate his game that much more and make the Spurs that that much more better and not so predictable. They could actually, you know, be somewhat of a threat from beyond the arc. You know, of course, they're not going to be like, you know, in years past where they had this, you know, prolific, prolific, you know, three-point shooters from beyond the arc. But it can keep the opposing defenses honest. And, you know, kind of spread that defense a little bit more and open the lanes, you know, for, for other people like LaMarcus or Yaka Portal or, you know, you got a cutter like Patty Mills or Bryn Forbes, DeJounte, Derek White, you know, to possibly get some uncontested easy shots, you know, to the rim and possibly even go to the stripe, you know. So you like some of the things you saw out of the Spurs last night, but we'll go ahead and pitch it to you, Ben. Ben, what was the, what actually stood out at you as far as this went more beyond the just them playing defense. I mean, what what actually stood out at you 
for this, uh, you know, for this team for the full four quarters and throughout the game? I mean, it was first of all, DeMar DeRozan is going to start taking more threes because he's got to impress the magic. Just throwing that out there. (laughs) Um, but to me, it was, it really was the defense. It was not just, not just, you know, a general sense of defense, whatever you, anybody can say that, but they kept, they kept their top three scores highly inefficient this game. Paul George went two of 11. Kawhi Leonard went eight of 23. Lou Williams went two of 10. Those are their three best scores. And they, and they shot terribly because of the defense that the Spurs played on them. That if if those guys can't get going, the rest of this team struggles, and you see that in some of these numbers. Patrick Beverly ended up going three for nine. Now, granted, he's not a very good shooter anyway, but that didn't help their case. And you know, Maurice Harkless and Ivica Zubak both went three of five, so they shot okay. But again, they only shot the ball five times. I mean, Montrez Montrez Harrell is their guy off the bench. He had he probably had their best game. He went 6 of 12 and had 12 points on the night, 7 rebounds and a block. He he was probably their best player that night. And when Montrez Harrell is your best player in a game, you are in trouble. And so I thought the way the Spurs really attacked those main scores on defense for the Clippers was huge. And I think if they can if they can continue to pay close attention to detail like that, if they can take certain guys out of rhythm over the course of a game, you can really you can really mess with them and screw up the rest of the team's shooting because you you end up with Lou Williams taking a lot of shots that aren't necessarily good for him. Now he's going to take a lot of shots anyway because that's what he does. But you know if you have Montrezl Harrell taking twelve shots a game for you, and you have guys like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and Lou Williams that are playing ahead of him, that is not good for your team. So I think. Some atten- the attention to detail in this game on defense was huge for me. That's what I really like about it. And, you know, obviously hitting shots is always going to help you. The Spurs have just, of the beginning of the season, they've just struggled to hit shots. But this game, they, they probably had their best three-point shooting night of the season. I think they shot, um, they, they shot almost 39% from three. And, you know, they, they struggled from the field a little bit. They shot 43% from the field. That's okay. But, I mean, the way they, the, the way they held the, the Clippers shooting, I mean, the Clippers shot 39% overall from the field, which kind of negates the fact that they shot 36% from three. So, again, attention, attention to detail, taking people out of rhythm, that has to become a norm for the Spurs team if they want to take the momentum into more W's throughout the season. Yeah, most definitely. You know, most notably, the Spurs were able to keep the deuce in check for most of the game. I mean, he usually goes for, I think he's averaging somewhere around the neighborhood of 25.6 or 25.7 points per game. Uh, They were able to keep him under his average. He only had 19 points for the game and seemed at at times uh, visibly frustrated. You know, I don't know if it's just... The return home or the crowd gets to him or playing in this building does something to his psyche, you know, but the deuce was not quite himself, you know, so that was a plus for the Spurs. And not only that, but Doc Rivers even alluded that, you know, the team might have just been a little bit uh, lethargic. They might have been tired 
but it, it happens, you know. And then he's like, oh, but, you know, let's give credit to the Spurs defense. They, they played great defense and that kind of, you know, uh, hampered what we wanted to do out there. No, it did hamper what you all wanted to do out there. And the Spurs brought it and they took it to you guys defensively and took you guys out of your defensive scheme. You know, or, and, and the defensive scheme was, you know, hey, we're going to stop the Spurs. They can't shoot the three. And lo and behold, the Spurs were able to shoot threes and get things going. And I got to add one thing before I pitch it to Jonas so he can elaborate a little bit more on this. I like the actual fluidity or the movement to the offense. People weren't standing around beyond the arc anymore. People were actually setting picks. They were setting screens. People were moving. You know, they were moving without the ball. They were keeping the defense you know, going, running after them for most of the night. They were spreading the defense. They were helping create open lanes. You know, they were better with their passing. This looked like a renewed team. It looked like a stereotypical Spurs team out there, something that we hadn't seen until yesterday's game. So, Jonas, uh, you know, we just told you a little bit about we, what we saw and what we thought about the game. What were your highlights? I mean, what did you see out there? Well, Joe, uh, just coming out of uh, out of what you you put out there, a hundred percent right. Ball movement was great, uh, create, creating space and allowing uh, shots to the rim. Uh, not standing behind the perimeter, you know, just waiting for that three point shot. But I want to say to a point with that is, I felt there was times where they passed too much. Yeah, somebody there, there were especially early on the game. Uh, it was almost like they were hesitant to take a shot, always just trying to move, 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 and nobody. And then you're you're down with two two seconds left on the shot clock, and you have to put up a bad a bad shot because yeah. you pass the ball 15 times. Like, somebody I, take the it. damn shot. Somebody take the damn shot. <laughs> exactly. At some point, somebody's got to put up put up the rock. But I want to look at three numbers, guys, that really stood out to me um, that were all wins for the Spurs. Uh, nine turnovers um, to, to pace us under the Clippers, 14. I thought that was rather key, nine for the whole game. Um, that's something that you can definitely see is trending in the right direction over the last couple weeks where we're not turning it over 15, 20 times. Um, we're really starting to cut back on that. Eight steals, that speaks to the defense that you guys are both talking about. I, I think that uh, obviously hands getting in the way. Uh, and a couple of those, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but DeMar had a couple of those tips. He played hyper-aggressive. Um, he was um, he was just a whole other DeMar than we've seen to this point this year. But uh, probably my favorite stat from the night, guys, eight blocks. Eight blocks. My man Block of Purdo. <laughs> was doing his job. Uh, I I just love how aggressive he plays. Uh, for me, he wouldn't have gotten the game ball if Derek White wouldn't have had such an amazing performance. He's going to get my game ball just because uh, he's taken over that starting point guard spot from DeJounte, which I didn't really think was going to happen all last year. We have this, just wait till DeJounte gets back. Wait till DeJounte gets back. DeJounte gets back. Um, he, uh, I've said it multiple times. We've talked about it on here, guys, where it looks like he's trying to do too much. Uh, he was out there in garbage time last night and just trying to find his shot and still couldn't quite find it. Uh, I think he missed about two shots, three shots in the final minutes um, when he was out there with Lonnie Walker in the final 60 seconds and Drew Eubanks. Uh, uh, 
But the, the blocks, Lamar looked aggressive last night. And Jakob Pertl is is looking better and better uh, from that Toronto deal every day. Every day. And that, those are, that's what stuck out to me. Just hyper-aggressive, but uh, Derek White with the game ball, Jakob Pertl right behind him. Because if you're going to stop teams from scoring, it starts at the rim. And they did that last night. Yeah, and I'd like to point out one thing to Ben, too. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, Ben, he had 17 points on the night. That was a team high. What do you got to say yeah, about that? Seven, <laughs> yeah, it took it. It took him thirteen shots to get there, and hey, that's and he that's efficient for eight, him. That was efficient for him. For him, <laughs> he needs his touches. That's, remember, <laughs> but five of thirteen, okay. But I mean, he. I mean, he did have the four blocks. He had a steal. To Jonas's point, Demar Derozan was credited with three steals. Not so, nice. Uh, he probably, you know, like you said, he probably had more tips, but he was credited with three steals. Um, and he had Kawhi for a good chunk of the night too. Yeah, he did. Yeah, which, and your boy Yaka Portal, he had half of the team's blocks. He had four. Yeah, and Lamarcus yeah. had the other half. It was kind of nice, actually. Yeah, look at look at Lamarcus Aldridge getting up for a big game. Uh, for real, you know what? I don't know what it is, but he got up for this game. Usually, he doesn't. You know, so. I wonder if he heard people calling him out, you know, saying how soft he's been playing uh, for most of the year. So I don't know, man. What do you think? You think your boy's going to turn a corner? Or he's only going to be good every every four games, every five games going to have a game like this. I was going to say you'll you'll get you'll get a game out of him. It'll come. He'll, he'll come in at an opportune time and say, you know what? This is my time to shine. I'm going to I'm going to really have a good game this time, this game so people can get off my back for a little while. Give me two weeks of rest here or two weeks of people not, you know, not bothering me. We'll be good to go. Yeah. So you didn't have to get your Rotten Tomatoes for LaMarcus uh, after yesterday's game, Ben. So not you, yet. You can save those. Let them ferment a little bit longer. There you go. <laughs> get them real stanky. Yeah. You know, the Spurs bench was very productive last night. I believe I think on the for their total for the night, they were at 40 points. So the Spurs bench was quite productive. But. So was the Clippers bench. I think the the Clippers bench uh, kind of uh, matched the Spurs as far as their production too. I believe they were somewhere in the neighborhood of of their bench scoring forty points as well during the game. So it was a pretty even contribution from both teams' benches. Uh, so you know the thing is with the Spurs that they did play a little bit better, you know, down the stretch than they normally have. Specifically, Jonas, that third quarter. Remember how we've all yeah. talked about that. I remember I've even told you, Ben, third quarters have been the Spurs Achilles heel all season. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, they had an act, and they actually had a decent third quarter. And I couldn't believe what I was seeing when the fourth quarter came and they didn't let the the Clippers go on a big run. You know, we didn't have a 15 and 0 run. We didn't have an 18 and 0 run or something outrageous where it changes the complexion of the game and the Spurs go behind after sustaining the lead and they just can't get back into the game. They actually locked down, and were able to close out a very good Clippers team. Uh, to me, that all speaks that, you know, hey, the team maybe got tired of, of losing and actually grew a pair and decided to, you know what, I had enough. So, I mean, is this going to be a pivotal game? Is this a turning point for the team for the season? Or is it just a one-off, and should we expect mediocrity from here on out? And neither one of you guys can answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> Jump in. Well, I think... So I, I, I do I will say that um, I think it 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 should help them 
it should help them get some momentum going into some games. I mean, their next game is at Detroit. That is a very winnable game. Detroit is probably a lower seed in the Eastern Conference right now. But your your biggest issue is they come home two days later and they play Houston. No. So I think I think if they can carry momentum, get a winning streak, and beat the beat the Pistons, you have, you're on a two game winning streak. You have Houston at home. You're feeling confident about yourself. Kind of saying to yourself, you know, we're we're playing defense. We're doing we're doing everything we're supposed to do. We you know we've really got it. We've got our things together. You know, we can take on Houston. Let's do this. Let's let's get James Harden and Russell Westbrook to travel all over the place because they do it and never get called. But I'm not salty about it at all. Um, so I, 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 you know, I think those two games are going to kind of be barometers of what you can really expect from the Spurs team. Like, are, are they really going to turn this corner or are they going to kind of go back into being just an okay team, just a mediocre team? And I think, I think they should beat Detroit no matter what, regardless of really what, what people are thinking. But I think the Houston game, is really going to tell us how good or how not good this team is going to be. Yeah, what about you Jonas? Do you think that do you think that this win against the Clippers is going to be a, a crucial, you know, turning point for the Spurs? Do you think they're going to use the momentum to carry them and start stringing together some wins or is this just a one-off and from the rest of the way we're going to expect mediocrity meaning they'll win one, drop one, win two, maybe drop another five. I mean, what are your expectations? Well, I, um, I, I, I don't think that it really made much of a difference, to be honest. Um, to me, it was just another example of the Spurs playing to the level of the competition, and they got the win this time. Uh, we've, we've had a lot of close games. I think all but four have been decided by 10 or less this season, and, uh, except for maybe, maybe five games now. But yeah. uh Kind of like Lamarcus, they show up for big games when they need to, and then they 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 kind of disappear. We played really good opponents really well. We played really bad opponents really bad this year. So yeah. and don't uh, forget, this was the play. first time this year, Jonas, that they've held a team to under a hundred points. That's a very great note there, um, especially when you look at this the firepower on the Clippers, but. I don't think that you're going to see the Rockets score less than 100. I don't think that you're going to see the Kings score less than 100. Uh, the real pivotal point for me, and, and I brought this up a couple weeks ago, uh, is, is it still that little three-game homestand, guys? Because there's a lot of days off. You got the Rockets on the third at home. You're staying home. You don't play again until Friday against the Kings. Then you don't play again until Thursday against the Cavaliers. This is the turning point for this season because you get to take you get to go to the practice courts and you get to really work on what hasn't been working to this point so far. You get to actually break down the film without having an opponent for the next couple of nights and work on uh, the team chemistry uh, and, and just overall shooting and 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 resting. I think that that's going to be a key part of this too. Is having that is having a little bit of time off um, because it has been a grind to this point. We've gone up against some very good teams, and the fact that we've lost so much can be tolling on this on this roster, and especially among all the trade rumors. 
So I would I would look for uh, after this little home stand here. It's going to take us halfway through December, and at that point, if we go on and we go lose to Phoenix, then then guys, the season is done. Oh my god! You can't you, you can't you can't come off of that stretch of three games in ten days at home, sleeping in your own bed, going to practice every day, and then turn around and lose off of that home stand against the Suns on the road. You just can't do that. So this is going to be that pivotal point. I don't think it was last night. I think it's still a couple days away. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, talk to you now, Ben. Ben, one of the things that stood out to me in yesterday's game was the lineup that Coach Pop went with. I thought the starting five that he went with gave the Spurs some much-needed defense. And not only that, it was well-balanced as far as what they were able to do defensively and also what they were able to do offensively out there on the court. And the starters that I'm talking about as the lineup yesterday was Rudy Gay, LaMarcus Aldridge, Derek White, Bryn Forbes, and DeMar DeRozan. Do you think that this lineup is something that he should go to uh, for the rest of the season, or you think he's going to revert back to the same old starting five that didn't really uh, get us where we needed to be defensively? I don't know if he'll stick it out with this starting five. This might have been a one-off, but I do think seeing this starting five could give this staff and Coach Pa some ideas on some other lineups to experiment with going forward and I think that's I think that's the biggest thing here because while Rudy Gay is a good player and I enjoy watching him play and I think he's one of the better forwards who plays defense on this team he struggled from the field he struggled to shoot the ball he might have been the only one really who struggled to shoot but he's um, he's just not used to playing 31 minutes a game I think I think that was the biggest thing for him he was um, there, there were probably times on that court when he was just out of breath. He didn't have his legs under him, and that's that might have been why he was missing shots. Now, if you want to start him for defensive purposes and try and get your guys out to to a bit of a lead while he's out on the court, that's totally fine. I think he complements those other four very well because he's going to be able to guard people that Demar Derozan doesn't or can't guard. And Derek White is a defender, a good defender, and he's and. He got hot last night, so there, you know, there's a chance he he hits shots for you. He he doesn't totally uh, torpedo your offense. And Bryn Forbes is a guy who's never really going to torpedo your offense unless he just has a really bad shooting night. Yeah, but that's also a guy who doesn't really play defense. So, but that's why you have Derek White. That's why you have Rudy Gay in the game. And Lamarcus Aldridge last night, anyway, was a pretty good defender, racking up four blocks. So he was protecting the rim for you and kind of. You know, helping out where other guys might have lost their man on the perimeter and he's driving into the paint. You know, LaMarcus Aldridge was there to erase things, which was kind of nice. So I think that lineup could work, but I don't think that that would be a regular lineup for this team. Well, you you brought up a good point. You know, Rudy Gay is getting up there in years, you know, and 31 minutes is not sustainable for the rest of the, the season, you know, given what he's able to do out there in spurts and spades, especially coming off the bench. I think he needs to go back to the bench. You know, I did like him out there in the starting five, but I think, uh, you know, maybe going with somebody like Trey Lyles out there in that starting lineup instead of Rudy Gay would actually give the Spurs better uh, a better chance defensively of, of going against some of these upper echelon teams. Plus, you like, you know, that, you know, Trey Lyles is young, so he can stay out there 
you know, for sustainable minutes and help, you know, crash the boards and be a pest out there in the paint, you know, and uh, probably try to keep the opposing team honest (laughs) and not just letting them go to the rim at will. But one of the things that did stand out at me yesterday is the Spurs' ability to get out there on the wing. You know, they were able to, you know, pretty much keep the Clippers in check from beyond the arc. And not only were they able to keep the Clippers in check from beyond the arc, but the Spurs were able to knock down some three-pointers. I think at one point they went off. They were just raining threes, you know, and that was uh, kind of infectious to see, you know, because you saw that one person hit a three and then it was just the rest of the team started following suit and it energized them. They felt more confident out there. And you, you could see that they just had a different, you know, way way about them out there on the court. It's like they found their swagger, you know. They got their mojo back is what it was. <laughs> so it was one game. I'm not going to be out here saying, oh, they're going to be a totally different team from here on out. But you did like some of the things that they did. Now, hopefully they can carry that momentum going forward against the Detroit Pistons team. But Jonas, I'm going to go ahead and go to you now. I mean, what did you think about the starting five? Because I know you're going to have to get out here uh, pretty soon. But what did you think about that starting five? Is there anybody that you would like to switch out of there? Maybe see Trey Lyles in place of Rudy Gay? Or how would you how would you go? Well, Joe, don't forget, we've already seen Trey Lyles in the starting lineup for a big chunk to start this season. Um, I thought that, and I didn't realize this, but looking at at the breakdown right now, Rudy Gay was a starting center. That that catches me off guard. (laughs) He's an undersized center. Yeah, I've got the NBA... Points breakdown, you know, the box score right in front of me, and they had Rudy Gay listed at center with LaMarcus listed as a power forward. Uh, it's interesting. It's very interesting. I I like having Trey Lyles out there because I do think that he adds a little bit more length. Uh, you sacrifice his defense a little bit more. I, I think that Rudy, between the two of them, is the better defender. Um, I think you're I right with that. I think Rudy, uh, if you look at the stats, has been the better defender uh, over the course so of the season. Far, yeah. yeah, and he's a more complete player. You know, he, he's aggressive going to the rim. Where and we saw another side of aggressive Lyles last night too. Yeah, uh, where where he came up, he came off the outside on a missed shot and just slammed it back home. Um, and that was something beautiful to see. But I would really like to to see them unlock my guy, yeah. Capertle. Uh, Unleash Jakob. Because, <laughs> because when you have him and the Marcus in the post, I just think that you can wreak havoc on teams. That's when where, where we have a lot of small guards. You can go big against teams. And I don't know why we didn't do that enough against the Lakers. Again, another really long team, another very athletic team, uh, forcing teams to, to shoot the outside, the outside shot because you just won't let them in the paint. Um, that's what I would like to maybe see, but Pop, this is, I think, Pop's fourth or fifth different starting rotation this year. Um, we're only uh, just about 25 games in. Uh, I w- of course, I'd like to see DeJounte Murray find his way back home in that starting lineup because that means that he's going to start turning his season around. But uh, Derek White at, that, at the starting one right now, guys, I think why he went off last night was he – Especially from if he can maintain this three point game, he is the most complete player out there um, uh, that we would have because Demar obviously doesn't shoot the three much. 
um, more of the slash score, mid-range shot, and he sacrificed, you sacrifice on defense. Um, Rudy Gay is complete, but he's kind of old. He's getting up, up, up there. But Derek White, I mean, geez, he can pull up from wherever he wanted to. He really liked that kind of, uh, I don't know, what would that be, like 115 degrees on a protractor, y'all? <laughs> uh, just right out there. Between the not not the right corner shot, he found his spot. He loved it. He loved it, and of course his defense that he brings. He's the most complete player. So I would like to kind of see Pop roll with this for another one. Uh, but what this really shows to me is that he's now playing his starting lineup to opponents. Yeah. Where at the beginning of the season it looked like he was just running the same five guys out there every night. Watching him put Rudy out there with the more athletic. Um, not not so much large, uh, more, a more positionless basketball team that the Clippers have. We went rather positionless too, and to match them that way, I think led to success. I think so as well. I think he's onto something there. Uh, I think specifically with that switch, you know, at the guard, the point guard position, having Dejounte come off the bench and starting Derek. Uh, actually, he's paying some big dividends for the Spurs moving forward. You saw a little bit about you saw a little bit about you know that happen with the uh, Lakers game. You know you saw that kind of you know it it was helping the team a little bit more. And I think the reason for that is that Dejounte Murray. I think he's still you know because if he's on he's on that minute minutes restriction, he still needs time to get himself in rhythm. You know it's hard to get yourself in rhythm when you have that minutes restriction. You know, and then when he's coming off the bench right now, I think it's good for him because you don't have all these expectations thrust upon you. You know, you can develop your game a little bit more. You you can give yourself time to get in rhythm and you get your confidence back. And we're going to probably see DeJounte return to the starting point guard position at some point in time, you know, whether it be the next two games, three games or what have you. But he's going to return to that starting point guard position and by the time he does that, maybe his confidence is where it needs to be, and he'll not have to worry so much about having to produce at such a high level. I think it was a smart move by Coach Popovich, and I think it's great because it gives DeJounte time to boost his confidence. Uh, what did you think about that move at the starting point guard position, uh, Ben? It worked. <laughs> that it did. It did. So, <laughs> what can you say? If it works, it works. You got it. You've got to keep going with it um, as long as as long as things make sense and like, you know, lineups they're seeing that they throw that lineup out against makes sense. But Derek, I, Derek White, I really like him. I've always liked him. I Even when I first did a profile on him, I, I just I liked his background. I like where he came from. I like I just like his game and. So I, he's going to be one of those dudes who's just going to go out there and do whatever he has to do to help this team win. And so I think that alone is worth starting. And not to say that DeJounte doesn't do that. He definitely does that. But uh, some of the issues we talked about earlier where DeJounte goes out there, he tries to make things happen yeah. too, Push too often and too quickly. Yes. Um, and again, some of that is... I'm coming off an ACL tear. I want to prove I'm worth this contract yeah. I just signed. It, it comes from a good place. Um, he just sometimes he just has to realize that 
I can I can do all these things. I can I can slow my game down, or I can play at a frantic pace as long as I'm under control. Yeah, I think once he realizes and he does those things, he'll find himself one creeping and creeping up on more minutes, and then eventually creeping up into the starting lineup. And what my hope and dreams, my very wild dreams, are that Derek White and Dejounte Murray end up starting together. And you bring Bryn Forbes and Patty Mills off the bench to be your microwave guys. Oh man, I don't want no Patty Mills and Bryn Forbes together. That's that's a well, an you, accident waiting to happen. <laughs> well, yeah, but well, you so you you stagger those yeah. minutes, but you know you you want those two guys coming off your bench at some point to be your your microwave guys. You know, yeah. you you bring in maybe you bring in Patty Mills first, and then and you let Dejounte's on his minutes restriction. You let him go to the bench. Let Derek White play for a little bit. So DJM gets his breather. DJM goes back in. He brings in Bryn Forbes with him. Bryn Forbes goes in for Patty or something. But, yeah. you know, basically making sure you never have Patty and Bryn's on. Patty and Not Bryn again. on the floor at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't yeah, happen. That would end in disaster. There would yeah. be just, ole, ole, yeah. all the way to the rim, just to the entire game. And you can't have that. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and pitch to Jonas here because we're going to go ahead and start shutting this thing down. So, Jonas, in closing here, what do you have to say? Jonas, are you a believer now? Do you think this team can win more than the 25 or 30 games that the NBA oh, has yeah. projected? Yeah, hands down. Again, I, I, I've i got us playoffs. So um, what I'm not a believer in because I got annoyed uh, when I saw it happen again last night. This was something we hadn't seen uh, the previous game, y'all, was the return of Marco Bellinelli. Oh, no. And and the reduction of Damari Carroll back down to zero minutes. Um, why yes. the hell that happened, I don't know. Because Marco but made a may- case for himself because he had a decent game against the Lakers, but that's just a no. pipe dream. That's a fluke, he man. He has one good game. One good there, game. There, Everyone's back on the train. There is no case to ever allow Marco to touch the court again this season unless somebody unless you're down like three injuries. Or you're up Maybe by thirty points. You or you're up by thirty down. points with three minutes Wait. left to go. <laughs> Let's make sure we heard Jonas right here. Not down by three. You are down three injuries. Yeah. Right. Three injuries. You ain't got, got nobody left to throw out there. In front of him. Um <laughs> Because that it just bothers me, guys. It just bothers me. So I want to see Demar Carroll return. And like I said, I don't think that this was that last night was anything more than us playing to the level of competition. And we played great. We got a win. It was at home. We did. I think probably got a couple of beneficial calls from the referees. Uh, they gave some penalties to, to the Clippers that shouldn't have happened. Yeah. Um, I'll take those. That's home. That's home court advantage, and that that's something that should exist for every team. Every other team gets it, so why can't we? So, Amen. um, I, I'm, I'm, all, I'm still calling playoffs until we're mathematically eliminated. No more Marco Bellinelli and Jakob Pertl for MVP. There you go. So should we? Are you now? Yes. Are you now? After you saw, after you saw the light, and you saw Lonnie Walker come out and have a good game against the Lakers. Shouldn't Lonnie get some some minutes? You know, they should just sit Marco on the bench and give the minutes to Damari Carroll and Lonnie Walker in that order. Have Damari Carroll come off, then you have Lonnie Walker come out, and then the last you know person you should be going to would be Marco Beninelli. I mean, are you? Are, do you like well, you some Lonnie Walker? 
I wanted to start the season that way, but as we've gotten to this point, guys, where a lot of San Antonio Spurs, especially Spurs Twitter, is wanting to see the youth move. Let's just send Lonnie back down to the G League, let them build some serious chemistry. They can come up as a group next year to run the second unit and just start taking over the NBA. If Lonnie's just going to... If Lonnie's just going to sit on the bench all this year anyway and only see garbage time, then let him spend time with Keldon, Quinn, Luca, and Chemezi and figure out their chemistry. Allow them to put together some some swagger at the G League level. You'll win a title down there because we're not going to win one this year up here. But they can win a title down there and bring that whole second unit as a wave next year off the bench. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. That means that we got to get rid of us uh, some Patty Mills and uh, and Marco Beninelli. <laughs> they should they should already be gone, and we're all we're already everybody's saying by Demar by L.A. So that's fine. But if we if we're building towards next year, if it goes back to the G League with the intention of that, that is lethal. Yeah, lethal. that is. Yeah, that second wave that's coming, people need to be ready for that because this youth movement, they really have some some talent out there. And you need to go to this, you know, the Austin Spurs and go to that G League and check out some of these up and comers. They they have a lot of stuff to show you guys and you'll be surprised at what you're seeing out there on the court. Uh so in closing here, Ben, thoughts about the Spurs moving forward? Anything that you'd like to add? I would love to have Jonas's unbridled optimism. <laughs> Uh, for a lot of subjects in my life that is as much as much as, as much optimism as he has for this team and going to the playoffs and the future of this team i need that kind of optimism for a, a number of different things in my life because that is that is pure unbridled optimism and it is beautiful yeah uh, i think jonas what? clark is spurs Thank nation you. spirit animal <laughs> he, he should be. Can we can, can we start a poll, uh, a vote for that? Can we what can we can we do something for that? Can we get that on a can we get that on like something official? Can we get that on a right. a mandate? I, I don't know. What can we go? Th- we got to go through uh, the city of San Antonio and see what we can make happen here. That'd Jay- be fantastic. We'll put something like yeah. JC is the Spurs spirit animal. Love it. Hey, you know go. what? Get this. Get this man his Twitter avatar. Let's right. let's make it. Let his, we're gonna we're gonna like put his face. He's gonna like we're gonna outline his face like it. he's Simper or something. We're gonna we're gonna get uh we're gonna get Joe Garcia is gonna be superimposed on Rafiki. He's gonna be holding up Jonas. Jonas Clark. He's Simba. <laughs> he's like he's like this is this is our king. <laughs> no, he's gonna be a bat. It has to be the bat because you know the bats are out there at the AT and T Center. We'll just put his face on one of the bats okay. and just hold him up by the wings. There you go. There you, you go. Could, you could find a picture of one of the ones Manu Ginobili got. Right. It's like Manu Ginobili holding the bat. And it's like Jonas. <laughs> Jonas. The there you go. I like that. We need to put it on a shirt. Make it happen, Jonas. Let's oh make it God, happen. That'd be amazing. It, it, it comes from being a Browns fan, guys. Yeah, I, there you that's go. That's where it all comes from. Bless your heart. I've, I've seen <laughs> so much happen. I'm a uniquely qualified Spurs fan. Uh, because I know what it's like to be lo- at the bottom as well as at the top. You're going to make us cry, it. Jonas. I know what it's like to I be know, knocked down, so but we get back up again. <laughs> That's right. Oh, man. This is beautiful. 
<laughs> oh my god all right guys so we're closing here where can they find you guys on social media we'll start with you jonas since we have your lovely face on the screen where can they reach you on twitter at jark clonus on twitter for unbridled optimism <laughs> and maybe you should change your hashtag <laughs> spur spirit animal I, you know put it on your twitter you know how you have the bio I mean, you know you can put whatever you're doing and then you can put also spur spirit animal <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, trade at the end. There you go. There you go. And uh, Ben, where can they find you on social media and interact with you and all the great stuff that you got coming out here for Project Spurs? And also, you do uh, good things for was it Clutch Clutch Sports? Correct. Yes, Clutch Points. Clutch um, Points. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at the underscore Boomstein. I'm writing uh, weekly weekly posts for Project Spurs about draft prospects uh right now i've been writing a lot about guys in the lottery since that's kind of where their record is right now of course if if jonas has his way i won't be doing that for very much longer i'll be writing about guys you need to find in the 20s so exactly uh i'm ready for that too but uh clutch points just a lot of college basketball stuff some recruiting things some uh some some of my random thoughts i'm actually getting ready to write something about how uh, Feast week is the greatest week. Well, it's really 11 days of college basketball outside of March. So uh, very excited to write that. Hope hope people will read it. Just nice. uh, It's just a lot of great tournaments, a lot of matchups you don't see in the regular season. So, you know, just stuff I love to write about, man. Yeah, so definitely make sure you go and check all that stuff out that, that Ben's doing for both Project Spurs and Clutch Points as well. So. You can go ahead and, you know, interact with us over at Two Shots Podcast at T-W-O-S-H-O-T-S, you know, spell spelled out, at podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Yes, we have a YouTube channel. Make sure you go and subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can not only see the Two Shots Podcast, but also the Spurs Takeover after after every Spurs game or every other Spurs game. Because we can't do every single one. We've we got lives to live, too. But, yeah, you can catch that on there as well. So for Jonas Clark and Ben Bornstein, I'm Joe Garcia. Thank you for watching and listening to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, be kind. We're out. Peace. Peace.